Hello and welcome back to The Average Shepherd. I'm your host, Deacon Sam, and as always, it's a pleasure to be able to spend this time with you. Today is Wednesday in the 10th week of Ordinary Time. We're reading from the Gospel of Matthew, and today's homily is called How the Law Leads to Love. Let's begin. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to complete them. I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, not one little stroke shall disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. Therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord In the years following the Second Vatican Council, significant debates broke out among theologians and bishops and other high-up clergymen about how the documents of the council should be interpreted and implemented at the parish level. These debates were often characterized as the letter of Vatican II versus the spirit of Vatican II. This distinction is also sometimes made in scripture scholarship and probably most notably for this uh, today's gospel, it's also used in law from time to time, the letter versus the spirit of this or that particular law. But while the letter and the spirit are often held in opposition to one another, In reality, we actually need them both. If we forget the letter of the law, then there's no way to measure our faithfulness to it. Everything devolves into subjective interpretation, governed primarily by emotion and cultural trends. The result is lawlessness and chaos, a church built after our own image and not God's. Without the Spirit, on the other hand, the law becomes empty formality, It forces external obedience without internal change or transformation. The law then, by itself, can devolve into a weapon of subjection and tyranny. That's why in the line after today's gospel, we hear Jesus say, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And who were the Pharisees but those who forced slavish obedience to the letter of the law, without any respect for its spirit or true underlying purpose. Getting this balance right between the letter and the spirit of the law is what Jesus is talking about today. He says, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law. And by law here, Jesus is referring in a shorthand manner to the entire Old Testament. I have come to fulfill the law. He continues, not one little dot, not even a stroke, shall disappear from the law until its purpose has been achieved. Well, this raises the obvious question for us. Which of the laws have achieved their purpose and which remain behind for us to follow? follow? I think the easiest way to explain it is that all of the ceremonial laws, of those laws of sacrifice for worship and the ritual forgiveness of sin, They found their fulfillment in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Therefore, those 
particular Old Testament laws no longer apply today. That's why there'll be no goats, bulls, or turtle doves sacrificed on our altar today. The moral laws, on the other hand, like the Ten Commandments, they're permanent and they do not pass away. In fact, later in this chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus intensifies the moral laws and makes them stricter. He says, You've heard it said of old that whoever kills shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, insults his brother, or calls him fool, shall be liable to the hell of fire. And again, you've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. In these passages, Jesus is not trying to scare his followers. He's revealing to them that the law is more than just the avoidance of certain acts. Every law has a purpose, an underlying spirit that's leading us towards a certain disposition of heart, a disposition of love, a love so powerful that it even extends to our enemies, as we hear at the end of Matthew chapter 5. In light of all this, I think when we encounter challenging laws, especially laws in the church, whether liturgical, moral, or canonical, we should stop a moment and ask ourselves, what's the purpose or the spirit of that law? What internal disposition is that law encouraging us to take? Why must the priest wear vestments at Mass and use vessels of precious metal to hold the Eucharist? Why does the church teach unequivocally that abortion is a deep and intrinsic evil? Why is the practice of celibacy required for priests in the Roman Rite? As we start seeking answers to these questions, we begin to discover that in each case, the letter of the law in the church has a spirit, an underlying purpose that points us towards love of God and love of neighbor. Let's pray now that we can follow God's law with obedience. Lord Jesus, give us the grace to see the spirit of your commandments. Give us a heart to love you and the desire to be obedient to your will as it is revealed through the word of God and your holy church. We ask this in your holy name through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you all, and I'll see you Friday.